This show furnished by Key Light Counseling Center. Although you'll be receiving valuable advice from our host, please remember this is not therapy. It does not replace a relationship with a qualified mental health professional. You're listening to The Solution with Dr. G and Dr. Damon Raskin. I'm Dr. And we're here with a solution. What we like to do is every week, we like to look at issues that we're facing in our society and try to deal with them in a more in-depth way. And then by the end of the show, we like to try to find a solution to the issue that we're dealing with. And I try to look at it from a psychological point of view. I try to look at it from a medical point of view. And then together we try to find a solution. Absolutely we do. <laughs> right. It sounds like a dancing team, you know. It's like, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm the comedian and you're the straight guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's a lot of meaning there. But, uh, okay, so tonight's topic is something that's important to everyone. But before we go into the topic, I want to make sure I give in the call-in number. It's one 800 That's one 800 2225222 you can also email us at engage790 at gmail.com we'd love to hear your comments questions for myself or the panel and your thoughts about what we're about to talk about so our question tonight is is sex healthy so there's a lot of medical issues around that. There's a lot of psychological issues around that. I'm going to bring on my panel. We're going to discuss it, and I'm going to actually open with a little story. But before I do, let me bring on uh, Dr. San Shannon Chavez. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and sex therapist. Uh, Dr. Shannon, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we also have Dr. Elizabeth Sheff. We're going to call her Dr. Ellie for the show, and so I want to welcome her on. Hi, thanks for having me. It's actually Dr. Eli. Oh, Dr. Eli, yes, and thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. And uh, we have Spicy Marie. 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 Spicy Marie. <laughs> Spicy Marie. <laughs> We've been practicing a long time. I know. Before. I'm not getting these names wrong. <laughs> You're right. Okay. <laughs> as long as you call me, I don't care what you call me. Uh, okay. Well, I'm just going to call you Spicy. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. She's a, a relationship expert and founder of the Spicy Life Incorporated. Dr. Eli is a global academic expert on Polly Mori and author of numerous books on the subject. She's also an expert witness, relationship consultant, and public speaker. And, of course, Dr. Damon Raskin, so I'm going to let him introduce himself. Well, thank you. I am board certified in both internal medicine and addiction medicine, and I have a private practice in Pacific Palisades. And you're also my partner on the show, so I appreciate you being here. I'm <laughs> always happy to be here with you, Dr. G. So I want to tell you guys a story, and I, this is a great way for us to start. I was thinking about a, an intro. So a friend of mine uh, was telling me this story. She has Her son is gay. And he's sexually active, and right now he he says he's having safe sex. He's telling her this story. He's having safe sex. He's taking PrEP, which is a medication to... Uh, uh, to Prevent uh, HIV. Yeah. Right, exactly. Thank you very much. And she said to me, she goes, you know, I know he's really active sexually, but I'm concerned uh, both medically and also psychologically about having numerous uh, hookups, relationships, etc. He's 25 years old. What impact it could have on his life. And she asked me when she heard about the topic of the show whether I thought it was healthy what he was doing because what he's telling her is he's just exploring himself sexually. 
So I actually wanted to address it to our panel and get your thoughts on this little uh, scenario, or we can call it some sort of case study. So actually, Spicy, why don't you go first? What is the goal? Is If the goal is sexual exploration, then yes, he is doing a great job of that. But if the goal is true intimacy in a relationship, then that's where the challenge lies in what he's doing. Can you have both? Can you sexually explore and also try to develop some intimacy? Not if the behavior doesn't match the goal. If the behavior doesn't get you closer to the goal, then there's going to be some disconnect and some shortcomings along the way that may prevent you from actually reaching your goal. And, uh, you know, uh, let me ask uh, Dr. Uh, Chavez, what your thoughts? I think it is healthy because when you're young, you should explore your sexuality because you're figuring out what are my values, what are my boundaries, what do I like, what turns me on. So I think exploration through sex, especially when you're younger and you don't have any commitments, can be a good thing. And Dr. Raskin from a medical and psychological well, point I, of view. I think men and women are often different. I know it's stereotypical, but I think men can <laughs> yes. be more have more sexual exploration and not necessarily need that intimacy, whereas women, it's often coupled together. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I find that that's kind of uh, what I'm seeing in my patients, that women don't necessarily just, you know, generally speaking, not, yeah, not I know all women, but right. generally speaking, they really like to have sex as part of an intimate relationship, whereas men don't require that. Right. And Dr. Ela, your thoughts? I would say that sexual exploration and emotional intimacy can coexist. That's what I was trying to say. And often do. Do you think it has to exist? Uh, my thought is, can't it exist even for an evening? So in some ways, <laughs> yes, if you're I hooking up so. with someone, can that hookup be also a source of intimacy? Or does it have to be something that lasts for a long time? So. Uh, to, so to that, I'm going to say yes, and I agree with you guys on yes, you can have sexual exploration and intimacy. However, the reason why I have to add that like yes and component is because when you are in your 20s, in your that is the exploratory phase that we go through, that, that decade, unfortunately, we don't know and have not defined yet what intimacy and what love is for us and what that looks like. So... If he's seeking something in these relationships or in these partnerships and does not have self-awareness, does not understand self-regulation or does not understand, like he could potentially emotionally be damaging himself and setting himself up unless he educates himself first before the exploration. So a good source of education, really good. What about also, we talked about, you know, the mother had said to me that he's on PrEP, which is to prevent HIV. What other advice would you give to... Uh, our listeners who are listening to this that are going to start going out there and exploring themselves sexually from a medical standpoint. Well, PrEP just protects him from HIV. There's a lot of other STDs or Mm -hmm. STIs, we call them now, sexually transmitted infections Mm -hmm. out there. So, I mean, just let alone the increasing rates of syphilis in the the homosexual community right now is is unbelievable. Uh, We're also seeing tons and tons, both homo and heterosexual chlamydia is just out there. And obviously those things can be treated with antibiotics, but uh, things are getting more tricky with different antibiotic resistant strains of gonorrhea, for example. So it's about safer sex and really getting to know your partners and knowing their status. Status, not just taking a pill, because again, just that pill protects them against one disease. So, what is? The, how would you define safer sex? I would say it's good to talk to your partners that you're having sex with, get to know their status: yeah. are they HIV positive, are they HIV negative, um, and get tested regularly and use condoms as much as possible, if not all the time. 
Okay, so I just want to remind our listeners, so if you're listening to this and you want to talk about uh, sex with us tonight, this is the show to call in. Our number is 1-800-222-5222. That's 1-800-222-5222. So we're talking about relationships, so let's talk about that because there's a lot of <laughs> relationship experts here. And I'm actually going to go straight for, uh, you know, the thing that I'm the most curious about right now is Dr. Eli. <laughs> When I was telling this concept of polyamorous relationships, I wonder if you could explain it to our audience. And, uh, you know, I know a little bit about the history, but tell us also about how it developed. Um, I would say consensual non-monogamy is a permanent feature of societies kind of across history and across culture. But this specific form with women having multiple partners, too, is pretty specific to women being able to control their reproduction and their own money. So I would say that plus the advent of Internet communications has meant that polyamory and other forms of consensual non-monogamy have boomed, and now they are so much more in the public eye than they used to be, but they're not necessarily new. The thing that's new is women having multiple partners, too. So the way it was explained to me was polyamory is more about an emotion, not that there isn't a sexual component, but it's more about an emotional relationship with other partners and everyone being aware of, of the other partners. Uh, is In that fact, I correct? Would say those emotional relationships, with that, which I call polyaffective relationships, in my book, The Polyamorous Next Door, my first book, um, those are the most important for the well-being of the family over the long term. It's that those non-sexual, emotionally intimate relationships that are the real glue of the family or what the polyamorous call their polycule. So my thought about it is someone who I have worked with, uh, someone who was in a polyamorous relationship, and I'm going to ask Dr. Chavez this, is the complexity psychologically and uh, how to define relationships, and even medically dealing with the issues that we talked about can require a whole new model and way of looking at things. So thoughts? (laughs) I actually think it's a good thing. I I see most of my couples coming in and designing their relationships to work for them. So whether you're open and have multiple partners or not, you're going to be dealing with the same emotions. Maybe it's jealousy, not getting your needs met. So I don't think it's something specific to polyamory. I think all relationships have problems and need solutions. And, uh, And spicy? I think that before you enter into a relationship with anyone, you need to have the discussion of values, what what your core values are. And if fidelity and commitment isn't a part of that and you are someone who values an open relationship and your freedom and independence – you should know what you're getting into in advance. And so and you, you can need to have an open relationship with fidelity and commitment. You're you not exclusive. You can totally have those two things. No, I can actually well, see that true. too. Right. I think it's about the honesty but of it's the about communication. The <laughs> it's about, but, it, but what we can misconstrue as a society is fidelity with monogamy and honesty. We get those right. muddled. And so we think that the person's being dishonest when they start having different sexual partners 
but what they defined as honesty is not the same as what we defined as honesty. So it's really like self-awareness first before you have that conversation to be yeah, able to Yeah, but I also it. think it's a, it's about being really yeah. honest. Lots like, of communication. Lots yeah. of communication, lots about of it honesty. All. Right. Um, Dr. Raskin, you're kind of nodding your head. No, I think for men, that intimate relationships can be exhausting. And to have more than one at one time for a man can be sometimes pretty challenging. Because I, I have trouble sometimes with just <laughs> me <laughs> and my so wife. Fun. So right. uh, to have a third or, a, you know, a, that would be just, I think, sometimes a little bit overwhelming. Uh, but maybe that would require you to think outside the box. Absolutely, it would. So I, I think that what you said about the internet and things going on in the world changing is that the definition of relationships is yeah. changing too. It's evolving. So that brings up the question, you know, is and I've heard this from a lot of people in my patients, this feeling that monogamy is not a natural state. Yeah. You said yeah. So well, I, I agree <laughs> with you. It can be. I think that's okay, a choice. Not that the question is posed towards me, but I hear the same thing with my clients. <laughs> it's this: I'm coming to you for your services for coaching and matchmaking. However, right. I don't know. I don't know if I really want to subscribe to marriage. And so some of that is. And can marriage now be with more than one person? Right. And 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 it very. You can have multiple partners. However, I think sometimes we make the decision not coming from a place of love and wanting to spread love, but coming from a place of fear and not thinking that we can manifest or create commitment in what we really want to experience in our relationship. So we settle for the other. Okay. And I like people to have a clear idea of what they want. So we're going to send them to Dr. Eli's books <laughs> to make sure that they yes, read they them as read homework they to make to sure if they're going into any kind of uh, polyamorous relationship. So I want to actually talk about this concept of monogamy and, uh, you know, whether it is a natural state and how it, how sex is expressed that way. And again, uh, you're just sort of looking at the medical side of it too, because in some ways being monogamous can be safer, but, uh, it can also force people to do things that maybe they're not ready or maybe not to be as honest as they that's, should be. That's exactly right. Right. I'm Dr. G. I'm Dr. Raskin. And we're going to be back right after the commercials. Are you looking for an alternative to drug and alcohol? I'm Dr. G. I'm Dr. Raskin. And we're here with the solution. What we're talking about tonight is, uh, is sex healthy? And uh, healthy both psychologically and medically and spiritually. Excellent. And in all different kinds of ways. But, uh, Dr. Eli, I want you to hear this. So as we were talking about uh, the idea of polyamorous relationships, our uh, sound engineer for tonight has an announcement to make. So I'm going to bring him on and I'm going to have him share the information. So, Art, I want to welcome you to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for bringing me on. Appreciate yeah. it. And uh, why don't you tell us about what you shared with us at the commercial break and have our audience know about it, too. So my wife and I have been together for 18 years. We met in high school. I'm uh, 34 now. And we have been in what we call a polyamor-ish relationship for the last eight. Wow. And can you describe what that is? We uh, date. Uh, she's bisexual. We actually founded our high school's Gay Straight Alliance together. And uh, we uh, date girls together. Nice. And okay. It has been. We have been successful at it, and it is something that has been nothing but rewarding. And spiritual was the word that I tapped into when you mentioned that earlier because it is a very energetic and spiritual thing for us. Uh, we've had a relationship. We had a two-year relationship that, with a girl that we recently actually ended with because she moved away but it has been i mean there's no complaints absolutely zero well before we get into that let me just give out our number so if our audience is out there and they want to talk to any of us about their own sexual experiences like art especially around relationships we'd love to hear about it our number is one 800 
888-222-5222. You can also email us at engage790 at gmail.com. So my quick question to you, Art, is, uh, so is the primary relationship defined between you and your wife and then you bring on a third person? Is that what makes it polyamor-ish? Yeah, we don't date independently of one another. Okay. Uh, everyone in the audience, everyone in the studio is nodding their head. So, Dr. Eli, some thoughts about uh, what was just shared? Well, when uh, people will only date bisexual women, in the polyamorous community, they're called unicorn hunters. And those who do it well can be successful in finding that person who's so rare she's mythical. Wow. But um, often it's very difficult to find. And just from um, what Art said so briefly that his lasted for two years, it sounds to me like they treat their unicorns right and probably wouldn't necessarily be flamed for it. We don't like that word but unicorn, unicorn, honestly. Unicorn hunters, yes, they have a uh, why, why don't you like that term? In the, I don't. I, I think it's derogatory. I think it, it, it talks down to the person that acts as the quote-unquote unicorn because we don't see them as a third that we're bringing in. It's an equal part triangle as opposed to... So do you actually end up living ah, in yeah, your relationship? Yeah, yeah, did you end up living right. together? And uh... For all intents and purposes, yeah, she was there all the time. It wasn't like she moved in, but she stayed there very often. Okay, so some thoughts, Dr. Chavez. I mean, questions you may want to ask or your psychological <laughs> mind. I think this is a good example that yeah. you can make anything work, any orientation, any dynamic in a relationship. And it's a lot of communication and agreements. And you may try something out and realize that you have to adjust your agreement based on, you know, different needs or how you're growing in the relationship. So I think that's just a reminder, even to monogamous people, that we still have to evolve and grow and spicy art can you explore with us just a little bit about so can i say art okay yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> art. You can, everyone can jump <laughs> in the art we're all going to be on top of you not literally I think and by the way this is something i'm very open about my family knows about it like we've had well our, good because now a lot of people yeah, no, know uh, about it i appreciate your transparency i think that it's great I think that we have fabulous. you to yeah. pick your brain i would love to know Dr. how Rask you just sitting here like, <laughs> everything like like you're no, in Disneyland. no no i mean medically so med old-fashioned human monogamous heterosexual no i mean medically i think it's it's interesting i think that that biologically it just shows that we're all different yeah and that yes. um that there is no normal and you know we're seeing so many uh stories out there about people who don't feel that they're uh male or female they're binary they're this we were talking about that before and right. I, th I just think that it shows how extraordinary our our human brain is and how much is genetic and how much is you know environmental we have no idea but i think it's just a fascinating medical uh phenomenon yeah i do too because i would and i want to hear from you guys, but I do too. I was thinking that, you know, when you, it's just taking the concept of sexuality and really breaking it down and individualizing it and dealing with all the complexity. And out of that, you know, new forms and definitions of relationships are evolving that are, are, are just as valid as maybe some old fashioned monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you going to say, Spicy? Oh, I was just going to ask, Art, I think that the reason why these open relationships or what society also calls swinging. Um, so what is has... the definition between the difference between what Art just said about swinging, uh, about being polyamorous versus swinging? Well, 
the swinging is just like the act of like the actual hunting of you scouting with your partner in these relationships and the unicorns exist within that realm um, okay. I just make it sound magical I think the, it's physically based when that's the swinging for us it's much more of an emotional investment you like the connection and that's, more of a that's the part that I want you to expand on that's what Dr. We Eli was hear, talking about poly effective but we don't get to hear about that that often so the reason why usually an outsider coming into your relationship poses a threat is because you think that it's going to make you disconnected from your partner in addition to the fact that you that's usually only presented when problems are awry versus this is a lifestyle that we want to enter into the marriage with and i think that's part of the challenge is like turning the page and thinking differently when it comes to your relationship so i want to know one how you proposed that or you knew that both of you guys wanted that and then the other one is what was the benefit to the unicorn which i know you hate calling the benefit that. to your relationship <laughs> so if you share with our audience our number is one 800 2225222 that's 1-800-222-5222 and you can email us at engage790 at gmail.com but i'm i'm curious about how this uh, sort of what you felt the benefits were in your relationship and and both the physical side too sexual uh, side well for the emotional side of it it has done nothing for us but bring us closer together in the same way that you like pizza, I like pizza, we love eating pizza together. Mm. It's a terrible analogy, but it's right. something that we, that we share. And her being bisexual, I'm not, for the record, but her being bisexual and having, at such a young age, like I said, we met in high school, uh, been in touch with her sexuality and her bisexuality, it has been something that has fundamentally has always been a part of our relationship. Now, we didn't engage in the actual lifestyle until much later, about nine years ago, uh, but there was always discussion from day one of, you know, Looking at women and uh, admiring them walking down the street, and you know, wow, she's beautiful. You know, wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I don't want to objectify, right, 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 right. but <laughs> no, but we get, hey, right. we get what you're saying. So, um, uh, with with the it, within the context of relationships, do you do uh, things like you know, go to if someone invites you to a wedding? Would you show up? Three seats. As, is there three seats? I know. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, yes. No, I oh, wow. We, okay. And I wanted to say as well, it, evolution was a big word that uh, uh, this one. I'm sorry. No, Dr. Dr. Chavez. Dr. Chavez said a moment ago, uh, evolution is a big part of it. When we first started, it was much more physically based. We had one night stands with, I don't want to say how many, it was many. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, we found that we were much more interested in really developing a emotional relationship with somebody that we got to know and really brought in as a uh -huh. third person and at this point now we're not interested in any sort of one night stand situation we're only interested in we don't even sleep with anyone until we've been out three or four times now that's that's really interesting dr huh. raskin what do you think no i think that sounds very healthy and that sounds like if both partners agree that that that's part of their intimacy and that they want to have more intimacy with someone else yeah. then that sounds like a very very healthy thing to me and and Dr. E Eli, within the community, uh, how how I'm curious, is there? I don't like structures or places that uh, that have evolved um, to help people educate themselves uh, on on this concept of polyamory. You know, there are lots of not only meetups where people can find um, people to hang out with in person, meetups in any big city around the U.S. There's also a thriving online yes. um, community around that and lots of conventions and conferences. Everything from Loving More puts on four, I think, per year, four events, and then larger cities 
have um, conferences. There's the Southwest Love Fest and X Down South and lots of... We should talk about more of that. We have to hit a break, though. This would be something... Well, peek behind the curtain. This would be something I would tell you in your ears, but we have to take a break for the bottom out. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to take a break. We're going to get on to other uh, aspects of sexuality, too. But we'll we'll uh, we'll hear what you have to say, Art, when we get back. I'm Dr. G. I'm Dr. Raskin. And we'll be back right after the commercials. Are you looking? I'm Dr. G. I'm Dr. Raskin. And we're here with the solution tonight. Our question is, is sex healthy? Well, I think... What I'm understanding, what everyone is saying is, is that, yes, sex is healthy, but what actually makes sex healthy is the level of communication. Yes. yes. And communication is fundamental in having sexy, sexy health. <laughs> sex health. Well, it's kind of what Art said, too, is that he had to start communicating. Well, his wife communicated with him with it, what her issue was about being bisexual right from the beginning. And so they found a creative way to... It's uh, not an issue for the record. It's all great. No, no issues being bisexual. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. She used the right bisexual. word. Okay. Um, uh, uh, you're right. The, uh, there's who she was. She just had to be open about who she, she was. She needed her needs met. She yeah. had a desire. Issue, you're right. Issue sounds like they're, they're, it has sort of a negative connotation to it. And I, we're also very fortunate because we locked eyes uh, in high school, and that was it. Like, there was, there's never been any question of trust within our relationship and our commitment to one another or whether or not we would be uh, prone to ditching the other for somebody else we met in engaging in these types of activities because it's just not something that we would be doing if it weren't for the other. Right, exactly. And, you know, I want to go back to the concept of relationships, too, because, you know, in as therapists, we know this, Dr. Chavez, a lot of times unresolved issues uh, sort of get acted out in relationships. So maybe somebody is, uh, you know, not dealing with certain things in their relationship that they could be dealing with directly. And so they may go and try to have an affair because some, you know, there's a secret they're keeping or whatever. So, playing sort of devil's advocate can uh how do, how does one sort of manage that because to me it seems really complex in a polyamorous relationship or really any relationship <laughs> they're, all work, they're all work they're all work they're all work i would know, normalize it i, I mean we yeah. all have issues maybe yeah. it's important to do your work and be in good relationship with yourself first right feel Absolutely. secure have confidence but I also think we want to normalize it. Things are going to come up. But as long as you have a strong relationship bond, you can talk about those things. Maybe a partner can recommend getting some therapy if you need that or, or just having a space to talk about it. So it sounds like it's not necessarily the the structure of the relationship, but really what's going on underneath it that will determine more whether it's a healthy relationship or not. Right. And I think relationships have different meanings and values for everyone. Some people use relationships for safety. Sometimes it's for uh, getting their needs met. Sometimes they want a, a commitment and value that. I think it just varies with who you are and and what you're looking at, and at what point in your life you're looking for a relationship. Well, that's a really important uh, point because at different points in people's lives, they have different needs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, you know, from a, a health standpoint, yeah. you know, Dr. Raskin, like we've talked about sex. Sex can also be very healthy. It can. I mean, I have a lot of older patients in their 70s and 80s uh, who are active 
Um, I have uh, quite a few men in their 80s asking for erectile dysfunction medications because they want to stay active. 80s? What about in their 50s? <laughs> oh, there you go. No, but I'm just saying, it, but, but it always surprises me. It's the, it's, it's the men in their 80s that surprises me. That's uh-huh, yeah. exactly. The, the other men, that, that, I mean, I get men in their 30s that ask me for, for those meds, and I'll, I'm, you know, sure, here you go. But it's the one in their 80s that I'm like, oh, wow, okay, that's great. Like, it always surprises me. And I think it's very healthy. Um, it's very healthy for so many things, for your cardiovascular system, yeah, for example, sure. as well as for brain health. Um, but as far as it, it's aerobic exercise, right? Yeah. It's, right. Uh, well, yeah, you could go for a run or you could just, you know, go have sex for 30 minutes. <laughs> now, I would like to get burn. that choice when yeah. someone came up to me and said, would you like to have sex or go for a run? And I, it, it's funny. And in fact, I just had a, a young patient ask me, they said, well, you know, is masturbation healthy? And I'm like, yeah, yes. of, of course, yes, it's very, very healthy. You got to keep keep the pipes moving. Otherwise, the pipes can freeze. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of okay, compare can it. someone overuse the pipes. Absolutely. <laughs> that can be a problem too. That can be very unhealthy, right, especially it, if you if you actually masturbate so much that you don't want to have sex with a partner. Yeah, then it can become a problem. Yeah, and you know, and then we're going to get into the realm of sex addiction when we talk about that because I've had patients. Uh, I'm thinking of some younger uh, a younger patient I've dealt with who was so addicted to uh, online pornography. That would, you know, spend hours and hours and hours and, uh, you know, wouldn't go to classes right. and it became... And then we're getting to the point of unhealthy. Yeah. Right. So let's actually talk about that when sex... We've talked about when sex is healthy. Let's talk about when sex can become unhealthy. And uh, why don't we start with Dr. Eli, your thoughts about uh, what can turn healthy sex into unhealthy sex? You know, actually, I wanted to speak briefly about the idea of sex addiction. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. That phrasing makes a lot of sex-positive counselors and therapists nervous, mostly because it's been the way it's been deployed Mm -hmm. in the past, that it's been mostly um, attributed to men who are religious by their spouses and other people who are trying to shame them. Um, I think uh, not that there's no problematic sexual behavior, but the idea of problematic sexual behavior, I think, just fits much better in terms of diagnoses with the post-DSM-5 emphasis on consent and feeling okay about things. And in the past, sex addiction has been linked with other people feeling uncomfortable with how much sex that person has or wants or how often they masturbate versus that person. If they actually feel like it's bad for them or negatively impacting their life, then it really is a problematic sexual behavior, definitely. So are you defining the difference between someone who may... Help me out. Love sex, which is great. And by the way, let me give out our number again. If you want to call in and talk about sex tonight, we're here. We've got a great panel we can address. Or if you're having sex right now, call, <laughs> us. call us right now. <laughs> or if you're thinking hear. of having <laughs> sex. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and uh, oh, whatever. Uh, but anyway, just call us. The number is 1-800-222-5222. That's 1-800-222-5222. Um, can can you respond to uh, Dr. Chavez? Can you respond 
to what Dr. Eli is saying? Sure. I actually agree with Dr. Eli. It's more of an out-of-control sexual behavior. And when we treat it, it has to be the individual that says, hey, look, I'm under distress. I'm not functioning. My day-to-day has been interrupted by my sexual behavior, and I want I want some help. I want some support in that. That's where it becomes an addiction. Right, or right. A, a behavior you want to address. You know, right. It has to be sort of the self-motivation to look at it, to, to help them. You know, Sometimes there can be an underlying mental health condition like anxiety or depression, so we can look at the whole big picture and help this person find better coping mechanisms and, and deal with the mental health piece and then look at developing healthy sexual behavior. Yeah, and a lot of times it can be co-occurring issues, too, because there could be issues of drugs or alcohol uh, addiction involved with it, too. Spicy, your thoughts? Let's see your head nodding. Well, <laughs> yeah, because I'm, like, agreeing with everything that you guys are saying. Right. I think the problem that sometimes happens when it comes to, in relationship um, to Dr. I want to make sure I pronounce her name right. Doc- Eli, Eli. Eli's um, point is that the other partner is uncomfortable that maybe their partner has such a deep desire and their lack of understanding and lack of support and reciprocating that desire back is what makes them even uncomfortable with even giving in. And because sex is so healthy in your marriage, now you run into a place of now it needs to be like timed when you want me and when the other partner is feeling comfortable as opposed to let me fulfill my partner's needs, right. whether you want to or not sometimes. You're not always in the mood. And so I think it's just it becomes very mechanical as opposed to, you know, it loses the, the lackluster and the romance. And from, from a medical point of view, do you know now that there is a shot that a woman can give herself or a partner can give when she so desires to have sex? If she's not feeling excited, she can now give herself a shot. Ooh. Yeah, that makes her actually excited. That's a, it's a new uh, medicine that just came out not long ago just for that purpose. So, uh, and it's to increase your pre- libido? Pre- yeah. yeah. Premenopausal women only is the FDA approval. Okay, um, and, and the medication is an injection, subcutaneous injection that you give yourself, and you uh, it's for women only, like, like I said, to get them excited. Yeah, increases libido. But I feel like we hear more about men having sex addiction versus women. Right. Is there a huge disparity between the two? I mean, I would like to hear from you guys on that because... I feel like men get such a bad rap when it comes to it, but I'm sure women are suffering from it as well. There are both yeah. genders. Yeah, I don't think it's a gendered issue. I think anyone can deal with out Is of it predominantly more one gender than the other? Do you know in the research? I think a lot of the treatment is targeting males and right. marketing towards males, but I think females are dealing with this as well. But maybe there's a lot more shame or lack of treatment, so they're not getting the help they need. Well, it's like we said, you know, in the first part of the show, we talked about, you know, healthy sex is about communication. Yeah. I want to add sort of another level to it. It's also about communication with yourself right. and staying connected to yourself. Addiction is really a form of disconnecting from your feelings. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could say a, a lack of communication with yourself. Right. right. And um, so what about, is there actually any specific treatment for sex addiction, like medically? Like I know if somebody has an alcohol issue, they can go and have a Vivitrol shot. Right, exactly. So, unfortunately, there aren't there aren't any actual right. medications. Now, I mean, there are medications to help with premature ejaculation. There are medications to help with erectile dysfunction. So there's a lot of different medications, but not specifically for sexual addiction. I really think that has uh, really to be treated with psychotherapy, uh, whether it's group support, individual therapy, uh, getting to the root of what's going on exactly. I think that's really the key to this type of treatment. 
Uh, you know, I'm curious, Spicy, in your work with couples, have you ever dealt uh, directly where maybe one person in a couple has a sex addiction and might be acting out, whether it's online or in, in real time? Uh, and how how you've sort of dealt with that? Yeah, you'll find often one common one is the online uh, porn addiction, which oftentimes makes the wife feel uncomfortable because she doesn't want to participate in watching the porn. And she oftentimes finds him using it as an excuse to maybe avoid intimacy with her. And so now she's left to what happens oftentimes is paint a story in her head of why her partner isn't as involved with her in the bedroom as she would like. And so because there's a lack of communication, she's just making all these things up in her head of where she's lacking. And it turns into a self-esteem issue for her versus if they really had open communication about their desires. And he he was able to provide a little self-expansion for her. They would be able to pull each other both in potentially and watch together or maybe create one together. That's usually my go-to for a spicy tip is make a porn <laughs> with your lover <laughs> and see if you don't like watching yourself then. <laughs> okay. I like that. I think it's great. <laughs> um, uh, we're actually going to take a break in a minute, but when we get back, we're going to talk about some solutions people can have as far as let's say, uh, having healthy sex and how to improve their sex life and get more pleasure and joy out of their relationships. I'm Dr. G, and we're going to be back right after the commercials. You're listening to The Solution with Dr. G and Dr. Damon Raskin. I'm Dr. G. I'm Dr. Raskin. And we're here with The Solution. And what we're talking about tonight is the concept of healthy sex. And I think we've all determined that sex is healthy. Yes. But it, yes. <laughs> yes. Can I just what be was, happy for it? <laughs> what was that saying? I mean, you could either, you said medically, you could benefit just as much from a run or having sex. Exactly. So I'll just uh, say where my choice is. I'll put my running shoes on. <laughs> but um, that's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I've learned tonight that, that I wanted to share with our panel that is so important that the key element, I believe, is communication. Yes. That if the communication is healthy and trusting, as Art said, you know, he started off his relationship that way, whether it's a polyamorous relationship or a monogamous relationship or whatever, however you define it, it's all about the trust and not using sex as a tool to maybe get back at someone or act out some of your issues or use it as a form of addiction, but really as a form to go deeper into the relationship and connect with someone on a deeper level. So that's my sort of two cents, what I my takeaway as the solution uh, to helping people make sex healthy. I would like to tell our audience that if you want to call in, our number is one 800 222 5222. You can also email us at engage790 at gmail.com and talk to us about what your concept is of healthy sex. So I'm just going to go around round robin and hear what other people uh, on the panel have taken away as their solution in helping people find healthy sex. So why don't you start, Dr. Raskin? Sure. Like I said, I'm Dr. Damon Raskin, and I have a private practice in Pacific Palisades. I have an email if people want to reach me. It's damonraskinmd.com. Again, that's damonraskinmd.com. And my office number is 310-459-4333. Again, 310-459-4333. And I think just like you were talking about communicating with your partner who you're having sex with to make it healthy, you should also be able to communicate with your doctor Mm -hmm. and ask questions and 
you know, don't be afraid or embarrassed to bring up questions about sex if you have them or discuss problems that you may be having in the bedroom because that's the only way the doctor's really going to know. Enough, a lot of doctors don't necessarily start asking patients. They're embarrassed. They don't take good sexual histories. I think we as, as doctors aren't so good at that. So sometimes it's up to the patient to bring things up. And I think it's really important to get, you know, get tested for STIs, like we were talking about sexually transmitted infections, get, uh, you know, medications if you need to, get referrals if you need to. So I think opening up that dialogue with your healthcare practitioner can be extremely important for a healthy sex life. Yeah. And being honest about what's going on in your life is extremely important. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Eli, your thoughts about uh, keeping relationships healthy and sex healthy, regardless of the, the format of the relationship. Yes, I would say um, the willingness to renegotiate. Someone else mm. brought that up earlier, how things can change over time. In order to establish consent as kind of a living, breathing element of the relationship, I think works great for any kind of relationship. It's something the polyamorous folks in my study do. And it's something that I think is really useful in other kinds of families that want to be resilient or any kind of person who's having sex and wants a resilient sex life is being willing to change and reestablish consent over and over. And Dr. Eli, if people wanted to find out more about your work or get in touch with you, how could they do so? My website, elizabethchef.com, that's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-S-H-E-F-S.com is the great place to find out about my relationship coaching and expert witnessing and various books and things I've written. And, and I'll remind our audience, if you miss any of this information, you can always contact me. You could email me at drhowardglass at live.com, and I'll forward our guest information. Uh, Dr. Chavez, uh, your thoughts? Yes. Uh, I just want to mention that healthy is subjective. So my healthy might be different than your healthy. Great so point. I think it's important for people to find their healthy. And the first step to do that is you have to give yourself permission to be sexual. We have so many mixed messages around sex. There's so much shame around sex. We were just talking about the lack of education around yeah. sex. So I think to be a healthy sexual being, you got to educate yourself. You have to explore sexuality without shame. You have to talk about it, even outside of the bedroom. Talk about it over a cup of coffee with your friends. Just be open about it. Sexuality is a part of our life, even if we're not sexual with partners. And also pleasure. It's about pleasure. We don't talk about pleasure a lot because we're focused on performance issues and the mechanics of sex. But it's really, you know, we're built for pleasure and connection. So we have to learn about our bodies and then also how we want to share that with another partner or partners. And I love what you said about connection, that that's such an important part of sex. And if the more you disconnect, the more you leave yourself vulnerable to issues like sex addiction. And Dr. Chavez, if people wanted to get in touch with you. You can find my website, drshannonchavez.com and social media at drshannonchavez. Oh, great. Thank you very much for sharing and spicy. My takeaways are that we need to put sex back on our to-do list. I know that Thank some you. of us are overindulging, some of us are underindulging. And so if you're in a relationship, my spicy tip to be would, for you would be to put it on your calendar. Don't be afraid to schedule sex back in. The more that you keep it at the forefront of your priorities, 
it starts, you know, being reinforced and it becomes it becomes its own priority. And then if you're single, too, don't be afraid to pleasure yourself with that on your to do list <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and you know what? Especially if you're a married couple or you have a new child, a lot of times, you know, sex can be something that uh, is so hard because there's so many. It, I'm thinking of. Some friends who have recently had kids and yeah. just look at me and go like, "Sex? What are you talking we about?" We forget. Like, we get busy. Yeah, and and yet that's the thing that brings you close and back together again. And your contact information for our audience? You guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at spicy Mari. <laughs> you can go to thespicylife dot com. That's T H. E S P I C Y L I F E, and there I provide relationship coaching and matchmaking for singles and couples in need of coaching. <laughs> and that's great information. So I'm actually going to ask Art, our technician, to share a thought with us since uh, he was such a big part of this show. So in your relationship, Art, how have you managed? What what advice would you give our audience in keeping it healthy? Sex is an individual thing in the same way that alcohol reacts to everybody's bodies differently. It's a chemistry thing. You can't uh, label or pigeonhole sex or generalize it for any any of us sitting in this room right now. It's all different for all of us. And uh, keep that in mind. Just you know what you taught, we were taught or what we learned as kids is not necessarily the way it should be for you. And mm-hmm. you should really think about how you feel about what your sex life is and, and not what you think you should be feeling. And, and that's what I love about when we were talking about the polyamorous relationship and we, I guess movement is a good word, but it really makes me think about issues like communication, issues in yes. psychology that we deal with about trust and that how much more sophisticated you have to get about those issues mm-hmm when you're dealing with uh, several people at one time, that to really make it work, you've got to get good at that game. And it is work. I will say, all the, for all the fun that we have with our lifestyle, it is work. <laughs> yes. Like, but you know what? So it is, is in, you know, in, in mon- a monogamous relationship. It is work. And, and scheduling alone is a nightmare. So it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's worth it. But it's, it is work. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, I think the complication is kind of fascinating. Like, it, it just makes it more interesting. To I think me. it like, does, too. Yeah. So um, any final thoughts before we get off the air? I want to say thank you guys for letting me uh, discuss this on the air. It's always been a fascinating topic of conversation for me, and I could talk about it for hours. And, and we could talk about it for hours, too. Really appreciate it. So, um, you know, I want to thank everyone for coming on the show. It's been great. Of course, we could sit here and talk for hours yes. about it. But, again, my my sort of big takeaway is really what I want our audience to hear is that if you want to have sell, Healthy sex. I was going to say sexy health. I think sexy, sexy health. health. If I like that I new term. <laughs> if you want to have sexy health, you better have sexy communication. There you go. You better have sexy trust, and you better have a way to be able to talk to people uh, in an honest way. And that could be a struggle to get to that place, but in the end, it's really worth it. Let's all go home and have sex or masturbate. Oh, okay. We'll do. Okay. We'll do. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's a that's a tough order, but we can probably find a way to <laughs> take care of that. <laughs> I'm Dr. G, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> Great. This show furnished by Key Light Counseling Center.